The Courage to Lead, episode 186. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Darren Flanagan. Darren Flanagan has been described as a serial entrepreneur. After starting his first business at the tender age of 16, Darren has gone on to start or partner in six businesses. Uh, Darren is a founder of Launch and Go Workspace in Peachtree City, Georgia. He's actively involved in Fayette and Coweta County business communities here in Georgia. Uh, Darren has served as Director of Sales and Operations, CEO. He's a thought leader in the areas of management, inventory, logistics, and distribution. He's also worked for the Florida State Lottery and the Georgia State Lottery. Uh, Darren is co-host of the ridiculously popular Beer and Business Podcast. Darren, welcome to the show. And you're supposed to put insert applause here. That's right. Insert say applause that. here. <laughs> I actually had a guy the other day on the podcast. He goes, can we do that again? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, just say my name. Here is blah, blah, blah. And I did, and he started his theme music, and he's got like this, you know, roaring oh, theme music that comes in. Lord. So, yeah, we'll insert. Does ego yeah. fit on the screen? <laughs> it's a, it's a big screen, so yeah, it'll. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Darren, good to talk to you. I'm glad you could uh, make time in your busy, busy schedule to come. Well, on thank the show. you, thank um, you for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I want to come back? I want to talk about um, how you got your start, some of the different businesses you've run, what you're currently doing with Launch Go mm-hmm. Workspace, um, among other things. We may even talk about that uh, beer podcast. Um, but before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Um, listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. Oh, well, thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. All right. Excited. 10 questions for you, sir. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Hmm. Favorite word. Try it. You might like, I mean, try, try. Okay. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on? That's personal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what turns me on? Um, music. Music. Absolutely. All right. What turns you off? The neighbor's dog barking. Hmm. <laughs> Which brings us to what sound or noise do you love? Silence. Nice. What sound or noise do you hate? The ringing in my ears all the time because I have tinnitus. Yeah, same here. Oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> no. All right, question seven. What is your favorite curse word? It's a string of expletives, depending on the situation, um, to basically alleviate the pressure so, you know, you don't blow your top. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) I can string a series of them together. Believe you me, I can just keep throwing in and make them up as I go (laughs) along too. Um, Some, I guess one of the favorite ones is probably, um, yeah, I won't say it. I won't say it. It comes off of a record album. One of the musicians says it, and it's a fun okay. one. So, um, so anyway, if you if you know Amy Winehouse, you'll know the song I'm talking okay. about. <laughs> Good job. All right. 
Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Being a billion dollar philanthropist hmm. or million dollar yeah. philanthropist. I'll settle for million dollar yeah. philanthropist. Hey, you're almost there. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Any form of being a, a doctor or physician. I, I would not be good at that at all. All right. Final question, Darren. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Are you sure you're in the right place? <laughs> you want to hear that? <laughs> no. That is no. my biggest fear. He's <laughs> you like, go to the other door. You're in the wrong line. Yeah. It was a toss of a coin, I guess. <laughs> we got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. you. All right, Darren, we're going to come back, talk about how you got your start, um, all the different businesses you've been involved in, talk a little bit about launching the workspace, um, the Beer and Business Podcast, and at some point, transition into courage and leadership. Right? Sounds good. Okay. Listeners, we'll talk about all of that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Darren Flanagan. Darren, thanks again for coming on the show. It's good to talk to you, sir. It's been a while. I know. I know. Well, the last time, I mean, we did talk, but I think the last time that we were... No, we did the podcast with you remote didn't we yeah yeah but you've been in here so you've been on the show twice i have yeah the first Enjoyed one came both in, times we absolutely loved it um there at launch and go uh, we did the podcast uh talking about um, employee engagement and mm -hmm. the cost of of disengaged employees and yeah. then the second time you had me on we talked about my current lifestyle uh being a digital nomad that's right the country yeah yeah that was a good one so it is i think cool. i was into a little bourbon that day uh, after the beer <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Excellent. I always so, enjoy our conversations. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So uh, you started a business at the tender age of 16. What, what kind of business did you have? Um, it was so up north. Up, I grew up in Syracuse, New York. And um, after you, you know, they use blacktop driveways. So they put this wonderful tar on top of it afterwards. To, it's a protective coating. Mm -hmm. So basically that's what it was. Drive, driveway sealant. Okay. Uh, the name of the company was Onyx Driveway Ceiling. <clears throat> so that's what it was. Um, I, I actually brought in my, my stepbrother was getting into commercial real estate and he needed something to carry him over while he was waiting for his deals. And so he said, do you want to partner with me? And I went, yeah, I mean, I could do that. And he's like, I'm only going to be in this temporarily. So it's all yours afterwards. So we started that together and then, it, it became mine. And I had that for four years. It was great business because it was seasonal. Yeah. And um, so I could, even the first two years of college, it was, I could start taking phone calls while I was still at school, scheduling out for when I knew I was going to be home during the summertime and then boom, uh, nice. you know, finish it. So that was, that was my first 
business. I mean, I did some other stuff, cutting lawns and shoveling driveways, but that really wasn't, I didn't have, I didn't pay taxes for that. This was like a legitimate business. Like I've got to file all this delightful stuff. How do I do this? So. Cool. And then what happened? Did you sell the business or just? Yeah, it just, it was a book of business that I sold. That was it. So um, that was a good thing. Yeah. Good deal. And then you've gone on and, and either started other businesses or have been partners in other businesses. I, um, the next one after that was a lawn and landscape business. Uh, during my college years, I bought into that business. So I had another partner there. Um, I think I was actually counting when you were doing the intro and I'm like, maybe it was seven. Um, <laughs> had a short stint where I uh, had a partner, owned a, a cafe um, that didn't bode well. Um, so I had that. And then, then what happened? Um, jobs and then became a partner in a a mortgage company or two mortgage companies, actually one. And then I left that to go join another one. Um, so two mortgage companies. And then most recently, obviously the co-working office, which is, uh, started on my own. Um, but this year, or toward the end of last year, I, I gained a partner with that for all the, excuse me, new, uh, new offices that were opening. So, nice. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The Launch School Workspace is a beautiful, beautiful spot. You've got private offices that people can rent. You've got open spaces mm-hmm. for people to use. You've got the conference rooms, including the podcast room. Yeah. Yeah. Very it's nice. great. And yeah, we're I'm, actually, I walked in today and like, Ooh, there's a few people in today and people ask you that all the time. They're like, well, how many people are going to be in there when I'm working? I, I, I have no idea. You know, they're, they're in their private offices. Uh, somebody's in the conference room today, probably a smattering of folks out in the open area, but you can walk in and there might be 20 people. And then you come back, you know, you take a lunch break or go for a walk and then you come back and there's like two, but, and so I can't ever gauge it. Nor can I determine the, the biggest question that everybody asks is, well, if you were to make the, create the ideal customer, what's their avatar look like? Yeah. If I could tell you that, <laughs> because I get so many people from corporate world, independence, uh, you know, remote, they're just popping in, they're traveling. You never know who it is and that type of person. So it, it's yeah. great because you have a lot of different, you know, when people are stopping to get a coffee or taking a break, they get to exchange different ideas and different thoughts because they're coming from all different uh, avenues yeah. in the business world. So it's, it's really neat. Yeah, no, it's a great space. And I think especially in this uh, economy, this new virtual you know, environment that we find ourselves in, if people don't want to work at home or for some reason can't work at mm-hmm. home, there are places now that they can go and, and just rent a desk for the day, a, a conference room for the day. You yep. do a lot of like lunch and learn type things. You have networking groups in there. Right? Um, we, I used to, and I no longer do that. Okay. So that was one of my, uh, is, is this business has grown. Hey, we even let business coaches come work here, Thanks. believe it or not. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, since I've started over time, um, there were certain things that's like, we're, how do I want my business to evolve? Where am I expending too much energy? And is it worth the time and money? Um, So I used to do events. I used to do lunch and learns. This place used to be packed And truly. uh, I appreciate 
all the people who attended those events or used my space for those because that made this business grow mm-hmm. a lot faster. Yeah. But I was always here for them. And um, over time, I was just like, I don't want to do that anymore. And I looked at the revenue versus my time yeah. and I realized it just wasn't worth it. I was expending too much energy for too little revenue. Um, and it, with everything else that I do, it was like, I've got to start trimming off some of this stuff. So that's one of the things I still, there are a couple people who, um, I will say I'm loyal to, and they can still use it for the event space. One of them is a uh, South side support. Mm-hmm. They have a quarterly gathering here to learn about their stuff. So they're, they're one of the few, a nonprofit that I still let use the space, but I don't have to be here for it. They've done it so long. They, they come in, they do their thing. They set up, they break down and they're in and out. You never even knew they were here. So, yeah. um, yeah, we talked about that a little bit before, uh, we started the podcast that, uh, when you say yes to so many things, it really digs in, you know, mm-hmm. to, to your time, your, your personal time, your private time, the time to reboot, and, and yeah. replenish yourself and stuff. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to all those other things. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's, we, as we were talking about that, it is, I said, it's like learning a new muscle memory because I was always the person to say yes, 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 yes. And it's like, why am I so tired? Why am I wearing myself? So, you know, I'm worn out. And it's like, well, you're saying yes to too much. Yeah. And I, I made a commitment one a couple of years ago, like, I'm going to start saying no. Yeah. And it's hard. Sure. I mean, it is, it is so difficult. And it, I mean, it, it internally racks you, you know, you're just like, oh gosh, I don't know how I feel about that. Exactly. But it takes practice and still say yes to certain things, but I, mm-hmm. I think about it and saying no, it, it is freeing and like you said, it allows you to do other things that you yeah. really should be doing. That's, that's of, key, especially for entrepreneurs. You know, there mm-hmm. are things that you should as an entrepreneur be working on and not doing a lot of the little insignificant things. Like you said, look at your numbers. Is this generating more revenue? Is it bringing in new customers? And if so, maybe it is worthwhile. If it's just not there, why, why are you doing it? Use your time for something more important. Right. Right. It, it, it's not easy, but try it folks. You might like it. <laughs> yeah. Next time you have so, the opportunity, say no. Yeah. Um, so where did you learn to be an entrepreneur? Uh, did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs or where did um, that come from? Yeah. Although I'm not sure my, I mean, both my parents actually were entrepreneurs when I look back on it. I mean, my dad was a manufacturer's rep. So basically, and people, if they don't know what that is, a manufacturer representative, they're the in-between, they're the salesperson, but they don't work directly for a company. Mm-hmm. They're an independent sales rep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I really never looked at, uh, looked at my dad two years later. I'm like, oh my gosh, my dad was an op- entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd worked for like way back when he was a sales rep for Ingersoll Rand when I was probably four or five. Um, and then I don't, I don't remember the time when he started like, I'm going to do this as a rep, manufacturer's rep, but that allowed him to sell a lot of different products for different companies. But now he's got to find the end user, right? He's got to find the people who are going to buy this. But I remember, you know, as a kid, I'd look at an invoice or something and it's like, my gosh, he just sold 
you know, 1 million screws and nuts and bolts to, you know, this company. And then you look at the price, it's like, that was a $5,000 order. You know, it's like, holy <laughs> crap, what are they selling? But that was one of the lines that, you know, he was, he was, an, I always remember a nuts and bolts and screws guy. And then he had different lines that he repped for um, some like tool belts and stuff like that. Uh, um, Krylon was another one. Krylon paint, great product, by the way. Um, some other tools. So as I got older, he's like, you want a sample? Oh, yeah, I want samples. So it's any actually rep for Ingersoll Rand again, or not Ingersoll Rand. I'm sorry, Channel Lock. No, he did do Ingersoll Rand, but then he rep uh, sold uh, Channel Lock at one point. So I'm like, I'll take Channel Lock, uh, other high-end stuff like Weehaw, which is a, a German company that has tools. I'm like, man, I love these samples. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other things like he repped uh, a line for handles for, you know, shovels and hmm. hammers and stuff. But you're thinking, oh, that, you know, how many people use that? Well, you got a big construction company or a manufacturer uses this stuff. It was so... He was a, yeah, an entrepreneur. My mom had a jewelry business and stuff like that and dabbled in that. So she's always been there. So yeah, I guess I came from a family of entrepreneurs. That's good. That's awesome. So you talked about the, the um, ceiling, the driveway ceiling business and stuff. What mm -hmm. other businesses have you, have you started and, and been part of over the years? Uh, landscape and lawn business after that, um, cafe, which don't want to really talk about. Um, <laughs> then a couple mortgage companies. Um, I was brought into one to the first mortgage company uh, that hired me on. Um, I was actually the sales rep for a mortgage lender, but I kept one of my accounts. I kept going, you know, it was common to go in and just help out their, these, the, uh, the loan officers because they didn't, they didn't have any real guidance and from the person who was the current manager at that time. And so I'd sit down and help them structure their deals and all this stuff. And the, the owner came to me with a, an offer one day and he's like, I want you to take over and run this. I'm like made me an offer. I couldn't refuse. So that's what I started doing. And then he made me part owner. Um, and then we kind of had a, a little bumpy road over time. Um, but he was one of those people who great guy, but it was, there was always the next golden child. Like he would talk to somebody and like, Ooh, and it was, Oh, I think this, maybe I'll bring this person. So over time it was like, yeah, you, you see this new shiny penny and they're talking to you in your ear and they're giving you a lot of good lip service, but are they for real? And, um, and so I actually, things were kind of getting bumpy between us, but I, I had someone come to me and say, Hey, these other, these guys own uh, a mortgage company. They're small and they want to grow this year. You know, it was like they had themselves and a couple other people. And I think they'd done 1.3 million in, you know, gross revenue for, and a and they wanted somebody who understood the business. So I went over and talked to them and um, they brought me, uh, I, I parted ways with my previous partner and then they brought me in and uh, made me a partner of 
their group. And I took that thing from 1.3 to like 42 million within a year um, from two salespeople or two loan officers to 25. And uh, year three, we were doing, I don't know, 160 million or something in revenue and actually scaled back on the number of people that we had um, instead. That was one of the lessons learned, you know, growing too big can be too many people. And it's like, I can't give everybody enough attention. So let's focus on the people who are really out there trying to work and they understand that this is their own business and they want to be successful and focusing on those folks and teaching them everything they needed to, you know, everyone else kind of weeded themselves out, but those people- and natural attrition. Uh, so how did you help them grow? Was it just standardizing and, and systematizing the business, for, putting in processes? It was, it was processes, but it was also um, having the, I mean, the processes were on the one side, which we had to have for compliance and everything else. But for them, it was teaching them, uh, you know, various ways to structure deals. Um, should it need, should the, you know, not everybody fits in a square box, right? Some it's like, oh, I've got a triangle here. So how do we structure this deal to fit that triangle versus a square? Um, teaching them the different ways to overcome objectives. Some people needed more sales help with their sales skills. Some people needed more organizational skills. Um, some people uh, I would go to, you know, they had to go out and source their own business. So it's like, I will go to network meetings with you. And I'll be behind you to support you. And so you get comfortable in doing this and how to do it correctly. Because a lot of people, as we know, they attend network events and they're doing it the wrong way. Yes. So teaching them that and focusing on that, that's when we saw the company grow another, it literally tenfold within a year. Wow. So that's awesome. um, that was a good thing. And then parted ways with those business partners as well. <laughs> Kick the hornet's nest on that one. Yeah. Um, hey, that has to happen too. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the second time. I, I will say that you know I learned the lesson the first time when I had my lawn and landscape business. Um, <laughs> there was I should have kept an eye on the books better. Um, I didn't, and some one time we took on a large project and needed to buy some equipment, and in my head I assumed that that the money should have been in the bank yet. It wasn't, it was all gone. Mm. Um, so my partner had been paying himself extra. Uh, so that's mm. when I learned to keep an eye on the money. And yeah. then with that mortgage company, it was the same thing. It was like, we had so much, like we would charge a certain amount to process for loan processing. And we had a loan processor, but they were only supposed to get a certain amount of that. Not the whole thing. The, lo- the loan processor was the uh, one of the owner's wives. Okay. And that's, so. Yeah. Um, uh, that, look at the pieces so. fall into place. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So talking about that, and then I kind of caused a riff. And so in the end, they, the two original owners kind of worked something out, but I got booted out of there. So yeah. um, I guess they didn't like that, that I was paying attention to the things I should as a business owner. Some people don't like the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, and then years later, I started uh, launching a workspace. Awesome. And then the Florida lottery and the Georgia state lottery, what did you do for them? Um, basically, I just showed up 
to work each day and collected a paycheck and did as little as possible. Um, now I started out as I started out in the, in a district office in Florida as the sales operations manager. Um, did that for a few years. They had a, um, actually got a phone call from headquarters and they said, Hey, we need a new person to run the claims processing department and your name came up. <clears throat> so I interviewed and got the job, uh, ran the prize payment department, um, which handles all the prizes. So I, I woke up, I think one morning about three in the morning and was like, Oh my God, Lord, I'm in charge of a billion dollar a year budget right now because um, we paid out about a billion dollars a year. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was like, whew, this is a little nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> but it was easy after that, you know, after that moment, I was fine because on paper, it's all ones and zeros. Um, but <laughs> some more zeros before the decimal point um, and more commas. But then, um, one day I was talking to somebody and they said, you know, the Georgia lottery looks like they're hiring for the same position. And I looked at it and saw it and what was, uh, it was the same job, right. just a lot more money and benefits. So I applied and got the job and spent cool. a few years up in, in the Georgia lottery as well. And then I decided that it was time to, I had lived in Atlanta at that time, but then I moved down to Peachtree City. As we know, that's mm -hmm. a good, in rush hour traffic, that can be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Exactly. One way. Yeah. Uh, so I started doing the math and I was like, I'm spending a work week, a month. I'm spending, you know, 40 mm -hmm. hours in a car. What yeah. am I accomplishing? And I had a list uh, in my office at home of things that I wanted to do eventually. Cause that, yeah. that, you know, that entrepreneurial brain is like, sure. mm, it's always, and it's, you know, there's that scratching that itch in the back of your head and you're just well, like, when you figure out how to get that week back, right. Think of all right. the things you could do with that extra week. Right. I know. And it wasn't even that it wasn't fair. My, my, you know, I get home seven o'clock at night and it's like, what do you want to do? I want to do nothing. Right. You know, I, I was not well engaged. Um, just, wiped out and it's like i, I gotta figure out this because this is not the life and you know people are like well why didn't you just move back up to atlanta and the circumstances at that time did not dictate or allow me to do so and really didn't want to um but i wanted to work on this list of things so i figured that out and um left the georgia lottery um gave them two months notice so i could help hire and train the next person to make sure all the ducks were in a row when I left and they weren't uh, left out on a limb and just co-working wasn't even on the list. I was at a network event, believe it or not, down here in Peachtree City um, for Startup Fayette. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, have you ever been to One Million Cups? And I said, what's that? And he told me and there he said, it's at a co-working office over in Noonan, uh, you know, 15 Perry Street. John's got a great place over there. Great spot, yeah. And... I said, co-working, I've been, that was one of my hobbies, you know, interest for a few years was following that industry and had that moment where I wonder if Peachtree said he could use one of these and did my research, put it on my list of things to do, moved it up to the top of the list. And within a year, 
probably a year later. Well, no, by August, August that year, I was, uh, you know, had it open. So I nice. quit my job November, or December, the year before. And so by August, the next year I was opened up launch and go, we launched launch and go. Very cool. Yeah. It's a great, great space, but it's cool because all of your experience then kind of comes into play, right? Cause you found the place, you've got it all set up, furnished, you do all the sales and marketing for it. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I did it on a, it was enough of a budget. I mean, I, of course I gave myself enough runway, mm -hmm. but uh, I didn't spend a lot of money on marketing at all. I, I never used Google ads. I hate to say that because now I am for uh, the, the new offices, never did any Facebook advertising. You know, it was just, it was yeah. basic social media and out there in the face of the public all the time. Absolutely. And so, um, it was amazing. I still get people to look up and they're like, I've never, how long have you been here? I'm like, uh, three and a half years. I'm like, I didn't even know you were here. I'm sorry. And I'm like, most people don't look up because I'm on the second floor. Yeah. And so it's like, don't apologize. I, yeah. I, there's a lot of businesses in town that I probably don't know about, but, um, sure. I know now you've got the recognition, like I said, you've got all, all the networking groups that, that talk about, you know, these places. And I know, especially, like I said, in this economy, People are looking for places to work. They don't have to drive the hours on the freeway to get to their job. They can work from home. If they can't work from home, that's a perfect, uh, yeah. you know, choice for them. So we're, let's talk about courage a little bit. Where did being an entrepreneur takes courage, right? Um, right. Taking an idea from, um, uh, you know, just sitting on your couch, thinking about it to actually putting it together takes yep. courage. Where did that come from? Where'd you get that courage? Uh, it's liquid. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> all it is because all of a sudden you get so scared that you kind of might mess yeah. your drawers. So you got to get off the couch, change your underwear. But um, no, it's where does the courage come from? I don't. Some people, do, you know, there's, there's people are wired for it. And some people aren't. I mean, that you and I, I know we've talked to so many people. They're like, I could never do this. I, I, they need that, um, the safety, safety net, the comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think it started, I mean, I, I was brought in obviously with the driveway ceiling business, I was brought into it. So it fit, it made sense. It worked. I, I realized that, um, you know, I was doing sales. I had a, over time, I had a crew of employee, you know, uh, had employees that were working for me. And so it was just like a natural thing. And there was that bit of freedom. It's like, if I put in this work, I mean, I worked half a day and I may work two, three days a week or weather would not allow me to work and I'd have a day off, but it's like, wait a second, I've, I've got this job. I put in the time and effort and look at where it's taking me and I have freedom to do other stuff. And when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, that freedom is a good thing, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's like, how long did you work today? Well, I worked four hours, um, went out, did some sales, quoted some jobs and I was done. Or I did, you know, did a driveway or two and I'm done. And there were big projects that would take all day, but it's like, I had a lot of freedom and learned to be able to set my own schedule. So it was kind of there already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but over time, uh, there was a point around, I was 
22 or so, I realized that uh, I, it was one time I was like, I don't ever want to look at my life and go back and say, I didn't try that. I yeah. didn't do that. I didn't take a chance to do something. And I, I mean, I wound up going, moving on a whim to uh, from Florida to Los Angeles and started working for Columbia Pictures. Nice. Um, and it, because I didn't want to say, I wish I had. Yeah. That's the worst thing. For me, that's one of the worst things. I wish I had, or sure. you know. So it's like, I think that's where the courage comes from—is that phrase. Nice. So, very cool. Um, and your parents, you said, were kind of entrepreneurial in themselves. Did they have that same type of courage? Where it's like, I'm going to try this, and hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad's business took a very long time. I remember, uh, you know, growing up, there were there were four of us kids, and you begin to understand what a limited budget is. Yeah. It's like, we're going to make this work. And it was, here's how much, here's your lunch money for the week. You can, you know, you can buy lunch two days a week and here's an extra buck. So you can get an ice cream sandwich or a cinnamon roll or something once a week. And so you're learning to budget. And the rest of the time it was, no, you got to pack your lunch. And we ate a lot of casseroles. I'll tell yeah. you what, um, <laughs> you know, you would save up for, vacations for a while and then over time it built and it built and it built um and i think so, that's a good lesson for kids to learn though you know and i, yeah. I don't know that it's being taught that way anymore save up for what you want it's like no no no. i want it now i want it right now right right well there's financing i can just get it right now <laughs> no yeah you gotta um, yeah i think saving for it is a big thing and, and learning fiscal responsibility is huge Absolutely. and um and I, I mean, to this day, I still, I bring my lunch to work with me all the time, all the time. I mean, rarely do I eat out. And I, so we talk about finding, you know, people are like, <laughs> I don't have any money. It's like, well, you'd spend how much on breakfast and lunch every day. Okay. I'll tell you what, you could probably make a car payment yeah. with that. You could get yourself a new car with the amount that you spend on that. And they just yeah. don't. Yeah. Get it. They so, don't think long-term like that. Mm -hmm. so. Hell, I mean, I'm trying to save i'm trying to make it right now where i want a new guitar okay. and you know that <laughs> once you get going you can just yeah but i'm trying to get i mean i have two that i'm comfortable but i want to i want a smaller one I, I want a concert size guitar um people are like what the hell is that but it's i'm trying to i want to earn it a certain yeah. way so I've, I've set up a couple different goals to achieve this. And even nice. now I could just go in and buy one right now. I'm like, right. no, I'm putting a monetary value for each goal and each thing that I hit and dropping it in the bucket to maintain that motivation to like, I've earned this guitar now. Exactly. So maybe I'll appreciate it just a little bit more. Nice. So how many people do you have working for you right now at launch? Oh, absolutely none. Okay. Well, you I mean, yourself and you, yeah. yeah, here at launch and go, it's just me. Um, I, do I have people that, uh, I have vendors or partners that I, that handle stuff. I've got, you know, accountant that does my bookkeeping and my accounting. Yeah. <laughs> He's fabulous. Um, I have a person who, you know, I got a, I have a web designer who takes care of my website for me. Um, and he's great. I've got somebody who does it, you know, if I need any type of graphics. Um, so all those are, 
stuff that I sub out to. Um, I'm looking into right now getting some quotes to have a, a, a janitorial service come in. Nice. I, I clean my own toilets and yeah. empty my own trash here, but welcome um, to entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, but with the new offices, that's a whole different venue. So, as I said, I gained a new partner for new co working offices. They're called WP Workspaces. Um, okay. There's two locations. And yes, I do. I've got two community managers. So, there's two people and then a plethora of folks that I work with uh, yeah. for, for my with my partner and uh, her corporation. So um, it, it is managing. And then in your previous jobs, you probably had people reporting to you at different had times. Different, lots of different staff. I mean, in the restaurant yeah. business, I had 50, 60 people under me um, at the mortgage company or excuse me. Well, at the first mortgage company I worked for, I probably had 40 or 50 loan officers. Um, and for the lotteries, the average has been, 10, 10, 12 people, um, smaller Georgia, Florida. Yeah. Eight, 10 in Florida and six or seven in Georgia. So. Yeah. So you've definitely had, uh, the teams and everything like that. So if I was to bump into any of these folks on the, on the road and ask them what type of leader you are, what do you think they tell me? What kind <laughs> of leader are you? They would say he's peculiar. Um, no, I, I honestly, they, most would say he puts his trust in you. You know, he hires you to do a job and you do it. And, you know, they would probably tell you that the one thing he always told us is he hates to micromanage. So never put him in a position where he has to do that. Yeah. And life is grand. I trust people. I let, let them do their job because um, that's what they're there to do. Yeah. And they don't need me over their shoulder. And they probably say he's sometimes he's funny, but probably not as much as, you know, he thinks he is uh, his sarcasm and dry sense of humor. Don't always go over, but he, he does care about you. And he understands that, you know, your personal life is more important than this job. Absolutely. hundred percent. Good deal. So tell me about the beer and business podcast. How did you get involved with that? Um, Jake said, you want to talk and drink beer? Um, no, actually, what it was, he had had the podcast originally before me, and mm -hmm. he interviewed me for the podcast. Nice. And I think it was one, we did it actually here at Launch and Go. We set it up out, out in the uh, open workspace. And then after that, he one day is like, how would you like to be on the podcast? I was like, what? And he goes, you want to be on the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, let's talk about it. And so he said, I, there's no money involved at all. Um, there's beer, you know, we drink beer and we talk about business. And um, so I said, sure, let's, let's give it a try. You know, let's try it. And if you don't like me, then you can get rid of me. Um, so I joined he and John Winnie. Um, John is our, uh, we always say John is our nine to fiver. He is the the person who always says, I would never be an entrepreneur. You know, he likes that safety and stability. Right. So, um, but it's great because he can always give us a different perspective mm -hmm. when he's on the show. And depending on John's work schedule, because um, sometimes it rotates, 
Jake was looking for an additional person who might be able to step in when John couldn't be here. So um, I started on the podcast. I asked a ton of questions in the beginning. I used to listen, you know, I still listen to most episodes that we do because I always want to improve and get better. Sure. Um, and, but I would listen to an episode or I'd ask Jake after, well, I, what about this? How did I do when I said this or what could I do better? Cause I wanted to improve as quickly as possible. Nice. Um, and so it's been, gosh, it's going on two, three years now. Yeah. Couple, two and like a half, that. three years. Yeah. Definitely. So, and you've had some great guests on there too. We have, yeah. we have besides you, we've had wonderful guests. Yeah. Well, no, like, um, let's get back to talking about me. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, had, no, who, you've been, who are a, some I mean, of those people? Who are you some are some of my, that? you've been on twice and you, you both of your episodes are great. Um, and I love having you on the show. I, I think you're a wonderful guest. You're very engaging. It's a free flowing conversation and, um, it, it's been fantastic. Who are some of my other favorite guests? I, boy, all over the place with that one. Um, Everybody asked me that during, I, gosh, we had, uh, I can't remember everybody's names. We, the CEO from Sheets and Giggles was great. Um, another, a couple, a couple guys that we interviewed for, that are both in Europe. One was in uh, Berlin. Another one was in, um, or not Berlin, but he's in Germany. And another guy was uh, from, goodness, can't think. Those were both good ones. Um, Deborah Driggs. I mean, we did get to interview a Playboy, pl former Playboy playmate, but her story is phenomenal. What she, with you know, where her path took her um, to the insurance business, uh, where we, she thrived. Yeah, where she's she gonna thrived. Be, she's going to be on my podcast in a few weeks. Yeah. Is she awesome? She's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, Tam Veyu. I mean, the talking about astrology and hmm. how it affects business. We've had her on twice. There, those are always interesting conversations. Um, and, and the, the, the name of the podcast is beer and business. And you do beer. talk about business yes. and you guys are sponsored by a local microbrewery, right? We are, we are we're sponsored by line Creek brewing. Um, so it, yeah, we have people on the podcast and it's like, we just drink beer while we talk about business and we have fun doing it. Um, I always look forward. <laughs> Yay. Now to the phone calls that Jake always has at the beginning, I will tell you, those are unscripted. He would, he just goes, I got an idea. So-and-so is going to call you today. And there's nothing, nothing rehearsed. I don't know what the hell is coming out of his brain or his mouth. And we just roll with that. And um, so if you're one of the people I always tell folks, if you like that part of the podcast, great. We always do it at the very beginning. If not, just, you could skip over it. You're not going to yeah. hurt our feelings and then, and then get into the meat and the potatoes of it. Um, so it's been great. And I know I'm not giving any of our local people who we've had on the show. Kudos. I know for, for guests, yeah. we've had a lot of great people from, you know, Peachtree city, Sonoy, uh, mm -hmm. the Noonan area who have been on the show as well. And we're all over the board. You know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's a, there's a human interest story mm -hmm. behind everything, right? Because sure. as, Absolutely. as entrepreneurs and business owners, we're very passionate and it comes from our hearts. Yeah. And so, um, hmm. yeah, no, it we, is. Everybody's we, got a story and it's cool. Yeah. You guys make it so fun 
And so yeah. easy to just get in there and start talking before you know it, you're like you said, you're in all different types of topics and stuff like that, but uh, I know it's a good time. It was one of the, and that was one of the best things. Thank you. One of the best things that we did was get rid of our show notes. Yeah. That was one of our iterations because yeah. it is a business. Sure. Um, and so we were always finally one day, it's like, let's get rid of the show notes and let's see how this works. Yeah. And the reason we did that was because we were leaving so much meat on the bone. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like we want, when we wanted to go down an Avenue after somebody said something, um, we wanted to go that way, but it was like, no, we're trying to guide them back to the right. show notes and stay on track with our, yeah. so we got rid of that. And absolutely. Yeah. I, I was on a podcast where it was very scripted. Here are the questions I'm going to ask you, be prepared. And then they would ask a question. I would respond and give a little bit extra detail. The very next question was asking exactly what I just got done saying. <laughs> it's like, you're not even listening to me. Oh yeah. So I don't like to do the script. I mean, I have the questions at the beginning, the rest of mm -hmm. the time, I just want to have a conversation and where oh. it goes, it goes, you know? Yeah. It's so much better. Absolutely. And, um, we've had people come in and they've had like all these notes and things they want to talk about and just sit there and within 10 minutes, they, they're never referring to yeah. them again. You know, they're, they're like, the wow, window. I had all this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, and, and we've gotten that a lot. I, I will say people think, that was so much fun or that was so different than any other podcast we've been on. And, you know, our goal is to make you feel as to be as comfortable as quickly as possible. Exactly. And that's kind of how it is here at, at launch and go as well. When you come in, I want you to be as comfortable as quickly as possible. Yeah. So you, you want to relax and feel like it's your place. And we do that on the podcast and absolutely. No, it's great fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, so what's next for you? I mean, you've, you've done a lot already. You've got the, the three workspaces three. now going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's next? There's probably going to be a couple more yeah. workspaces opening up, but after that, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's getting to like here at launch and go, I've been able to get it where it, I would say it's, it's like a laundromat or a car wash. Uh, over time, it's I've put all the processes in place, all the technology in place that I don't have to be here so as often. So um, it gives me a lot more freedom. Um, and so that's the nice thing with the other with the new co-working offices is we have community managers running those. So over time, I will be able to manage the you know manage those people and oversee the business from where the heck I want. Exactly. You know, I don't want to have to come into the office every day. I, I think people enjoy it more. It flourishes more. Maybe that's why it's the success and everything has grown so much in the past year. Cause I'm not here as much. So you don't have to deal with my sarcasm. Um, but it's, you know, I, traveling is a big thing. Being able to work remotely is a big thing. I still want to work but I want to do it on more and more on my terms, kind of like you, you yeah. know, um, we're doing a lot, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend and I, we've done some traveling last year. We're doing some more this year, um, nice. slowing down. It's like, this is the year of concerts for some reason. I think yeah. everybody, because we, we just, we saw Billy Joel, saw the Avett brothers. We saw Leon Bridges. 
this past weekend we just saw garth brooks and it's like and we've got two three four more concerts to attend this year nice we're gonna see elton john this year too so yeah yes yeah we had tickets to go see him in uh glasgow scotland oh and then he fell and hurt his hip. And so we pushed all of the concert dates out. So I think in 2023 is when our, our new date is. So hopefully next year. Oh, wow. In Glasgow. That would be fun. Yeah. And good scotch. <laughs> yes. um, so absolutely bad food. Good scotch. Um, <laughs> That's fine. That makes up for it. <laughs> it does. How do you wash it down with this? Exactly. But yeah, so the, that freedom um, yeah. becoming more of that nomad, you know, that last year now earlier this year we were we were like we were skiing we were out in breckenridge i would flip on the laptop you know flip it on in the morning look at some work make sure everything was set for the day go ski for the day come back while we're taking a break flip on the laptop again make sure everything else is going because i you know one of the other things i do is work as a transaction coordinator with jake for the real estate business so make sure all the contracts are moving along the way they should. Sure. So it's like, okay, do that. Boom, done. And then go out to dinner and relax. And I'm See, like, that's the magic of being an entrepreneur and setting up your business to where you can do it remotely. You have the processes in place, the system strategies in place. You can check in, mm-hmm. make some little tweaks here and there and go back about your business then come back and check it. And yeah, yep. yeah. that's awesome. So the traveling's good. I always have to, I will have to have a home base though. Uh, now, unlike you, I've got to have somewhere to come back to, even if it's a piece of, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to buy a piece of land on a, on a stream or a Creek or something yeah. in the woods. I don't need to have anything there. Let me just come when I need to park the tent or, uh, you know, the sprinter van or whatever it is sure. on site Absolutely. and I'm good to go. So just to have, it's still home base. Yeah. Yeah. My home base is a storage unit there in Newton. So that's it. All right, Darren, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking time out to uh, to talk with us. If people want to learn more about Launching a Workspace, um, the WP spaces, um, mm-hmm. how can they do that? What's your website? Uh, it is, so it's launchandgoworkspace.com. So that's launchandgoworkspace.com or wpworkspaces.com. Very cool. So, Good job. And the beer and business podcast, beer and business podcast. just beer.business. That's it. it. business. Subscribe to the podcast on Absolutely. any, any of the podcast. Channels, so <laughs> yeah, you will not be disappointed. I, I guarantee you. Very cool. All right, Darren, thanks so much again for being on the podcast. Really appreciate your time, sir. Thanks, Arlen. And uh, listeners, hope you guys are taking notes. So definitely check out uh, the Launchable Workspace. Check out the Beer and Business Podcast. Like I said, you'll have a lot of fun. You'll learn a lot because they have some amazing guests on there. And uh, yeah, if you've got a good story, who knows? Maybe you can be a guest. They can, they can click on the link to uh, be on the show. Excellent. Very cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. Listeners, share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.